This is episode number 83 with AJ Roberts. Welcome to the School of Greatness. My name is Lewis Howes, a former pro athlete turned lifestyle entrepreneur. And each week we bring you an inspiring person or message to help you discover how to unlock your inner greatness. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Now let the class begin. Hey everyone, thanks so much for diving in today and being a part of this episode with my good friend AJ Roberts. Now I've known AJ for a number of years and I'm going to introduce him here in just a second, but he has had an incredible transformation as literally one of the strongest men in the world who broke a world record in powerlifting. And we're going to talk about what he actually did. The amount of weight that he lifted is incredibly inspiring. It's it's basically not real. It's like a it's like a video game weights that he's fl- flipping around or something. It's crazy. And then he decided to retire after he broke this world record and he wanted to become the fittest man in the world. So he lost I think about a hundred pounds. Started doing CrossFit, and his 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 goal has been to basically transform his body. And it's amazing what he's been able to do. And this is a guy who dedicated ten years of his life to one goal, then achieved it and shifted it for something new. And we go a lot about into the mindset today about how he's been able to do everything and what it takes to be successful. And definitely, that is not something you do overnight. So. Very cool what this guy's created, and I'm excited to dive into that here. Now, let's go ahead and dive in with my man, AJ Roberts, and we're going to let the class begin. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. It's packed with benefits to help unlock more value from your business purchases. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. When your space has the long-lasting, noticeable scent of Airwick Vibrant Scented Oils, you'll want to invite everyone over, from book club to the fantasy league, even the in-laws. It smells amazing. Airwick Vibrant Scented Oils are infused with two times more natural essential oils versus regular Airwick Scented Oils for our most authentic, nature-inspired fragrance experience. Hmm. Transform your space with scents like white sage and mahogany or lavender and water lily. Now that's a breath of fresh Airwick. Welcome back, everyone, to the School of Greatness podcast. Thanks so much for joining me today again. And I've got a good buddy of mine, Mr. A.J. Roberts. What's up, A.J.? What's happening? I am, uh, I'm excited for this, man. This, is, uh, this has been a fun one, but I've been thinking about doing since the beginning of the show started because of your transformation. I'm all about showing how people have achieved greatness in their life and their physical bodies and their health and their relationships and their business and everything. And you're definitely one of the most extreme cases. So for those that don't know, AJ, he's a two-time world record holder. Uh, was I, I don't know if you still hold the record for like the strongest, basically being the strongest man in the world uh, for three. It's a three lifts, right? Yeah, it was the squat, bench press, and then the deadlift combined. So the total of those three, I held the record for close to a year um, before the guy I broke it from took it back. Really? <laughs> and uh, went on and he went up. And of course, I retired after hitting sure. uh, some, some, um, some of my goals. So, um, yeah, you know, uh, it, was, it was a privilege to have that. And something no one can ever take away, you know? Right, exactly. So, what was the, the record? It was a powerlifting record, three, three uh, lifts. And what, what were the weights? 
so when I broke the record, uh, the record was uh, twenty seven ninety nine, and I broke it at, at, at and totaled twenty eight twenty five. So, uh, wow. and that was with uh, eleven forty squat, um, I believe eight sixty five uh, bench press and eight fifteen deadlift. And then, of course, I went on and finished my career with a twelve oh five squat. 910 bench press and 815 was my was my best deadlift um but uh you know my goals were always to to squat 1200 to deadlift 800 and the bench was they never had a big goal there it was only to go 800 because that wasn't like a number right. when i started that the, the top guys were doing but it was a natural lift for me and, and I, I surpassed where i had planned but uh, the the combo of those three and what was fascinating was i never had to be the best the very best i didn't have to have the world record squat the world record bench world record deadlift i just had to put the three biggest together um and so you know i was the i guess the most all-around you're, guy. you're the decathlete <laughs> of powerlifting. Yeah, exactly. Which, you know, depending on who you ask, powerlifting, like powerlifters, most of the time they say, you know, unless you do all three, you're not a powerlifter. So, mm. um, you know, it was, a, it was a very big privilege for me to do that, obviously, to be the strongest uh, guy in the world. When I set the world record in my weight class, it was a 308 weight class. I walked around at 320 pounds. Um, there was only one man to ever live that ever lifted more than me, and he outweighed me by over 100 pounds. So, no way. You know, it was a, it was definitely a, a huge achievement, and I think still that total is you know number four or five all time um, you know ever to live. So um, it's uh, it's cool to be amongst uh, the very best, and you know I still go back and uh, you know talk to the guy guy now Dave Hoff. He's actually he lives in Columbus, Ohio too. Trains out of West Side, same place I used to train, yep. and uh, you know he's now pound for pound the strongest guy with biggest total ever over three thousand. Donnie Thompson holds Jeez. a need, and then we all go there. So yeah, you know, good stuff. Jeez, so he he can do it over three thousand. What'd you do? Twenty eight hundred something. My best ever was uh, twenty eight fifty five. Is what I my best wow. total ever. Yeah. How about have a lot of how many other guys have done better than that now? Um, well, we got uh, Donnie, Dave, and then J- Jonas Ratner. I think those are the only three. So I think my total is number four. Uh, there may be someone I'm forgetting and gotcha. uh, sneak in there, but uh, yeah, um, not many men. Um, and uh, we'll see some more. You know, it's kind of like the the four minute mile. As soon as it's sure. broken, it start you know starts to happen, and and we've seen that. But uh, you know, so far I'm still in that top five, and uh, it, you know, it's 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 crazy when I think back. We were mentioned before the show. This is kind of like a whole different uh, person and a different time in my life, right. like a different thing. But uh, it, it's still it was only cool. it was only three years ago, right? Yeah, it was only 2012 <laughs> when I retired, and you of course knew me before yeah. before then. So you knew both the big AJ and then now, you know, the through the transformation and yeah. the, I guess the skinny AJ as people uh, call it. <laughs> when I look at pictures of you now, it's like I don't even recognize you because I remember. I don't know if you remember this. I remember sitting on a bus. We were at some mastermind. I can't remember where. We were sitting on a bus next to each other, and you had to hold your arms uh, up against the seat in front of. Your our, you know our seat on the bus. You had to hold your arms up there just so you wouldn't have your arm like in my face. Yeah, this is how large of a man AJ was. I said, you know, it's the same with flying. I flew a lot, and I'd have to lean forward in my seat. And I'm very respectful to the others around me. I knew I was a bigger person, you know, and uh, so I would lean forward in my seat to give them the shoulder room and everything like that. Because like I kind of spilt over uh, <laughs> <laughs> into the other seat. No matter it's what it's just crazy how large you can you know become through you know and you weren't fat you were just like a solid 320 pound human being and your arms you couldn't even put your arms down to the side they were just so large it was incredible and when i look at pictures of you now and videos and watch videos of you it's like you're you were 320 then all muscle and now you're 240 something is that what you said 
Yeah, two two forty eight right now. Uh, I got Jeez. down. I did a bodybuilding show, and actually for the you know for the transformation, I had to pick something to train for. Um, and after getting injured, uh, having a few injuries, uh, you know, I, I picked the the sport of bodybuilding just because uh, it was uh, you know low impact and uh, gave me a reason. To, something to, to, get something to strive data. for. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm very goal oriented, and so when I stepped on stage, I'd actually weighed in. Um, I was uh, two twenty at one point, so I'd lost over a hundred pounds uh, for that transformation. No way. But, um, you know, I gained a little bit back after the show. Just you know, the balance thing is what I struggle with, but um, you know, I've got it under control. Kept my weight under two fifty, and I feel so good, so healthy. Uh, it's such a change, and I guess you really don't you don't realize even. Even though I was, you know, a competitive athlete and, and uh, like you said, you know, um, a ball of muscle, even at 320, you're not healthy. It's, I mean, it's no. almost impossible. And it's funny, you know, thinking about the flying, like I, you know, I got tired of being squished. So, you know, I started flying first class, but I had severe <laughs> sleep apnea. So yeah, when, I sure. slept, when I slept, I, I snored, obviously, oh, extremely man. loud. And I actually got woken up one time by the flight attendant because I was disturbing the other customers on oh first class. So, so even that didn't solve the problem. And so, you know, when I finally realized, okay, I got to get myself in, in, in I got to get my fitness, my health back, um, it was kind of just a little, you know, just like it had been for the last 10 years chasing um, the world record to be the strongest. Now it was that chasing to, to kind of be become the fittest version of myself. Right, right. Yeah, and I'm looking, you know, I've, I've seen pictures of you on Instagram where it's like, when you were your biggest and then it's like a transformation shot of you just like shredded with like a six pack and you see every definition and you know, you were, you were a lot of muscle back then, but also there's a lot of fat that covers it cause you had to put so many calories in your body every day just to put the mass on I'm assuming. So yeah, we called it the see it, see it, eat it diet. You know, it was <laughs> you ate as much food as you could, could consume. Um, and it was never enough. You know? Oh man. Just trying to eat more and, and you sneak calories in any way you could through shakes and, you know, whipped cream in the shakes and all this, you know, all this stuff to, to manipulate the body weight and push it up even, even higher because, um, you know, with strength and, and there's much like a lot of things like with strength, one of the ways is to increase your leverages. And as you get bigger, you have better leverages, obviously uh, shorter range of motion and things like that. So it was all about peak performance and, uh, gaining weight was one of the ways we, um, you know, we manipulate that sure. so we can be stronger, you know? And how tall are you? So I'm five ten and a half. I used to be five eleven, but I think all the squatting over the oh years shrunk me half an inch. So, <laughs> oh my gosh, that's crazy. So five ten and a half at three hundred twenty something pounds. That's that's pretty. It's a pretty big boy. Um, you know, I'm six four. If I was three twenty, I'd be able to carry it a little better. But that's that's crazy. So amazing, man. What what made you decide to get into this sport in the first place? I want to talk about first why you got why you wanted to have the world record in these three lifts and powerlifting. Um, first off, before we get into then why you wanted to be the fittest person in the world. Yeah, so I think for me, no matter what I do, I struggle with being average or mediocre. I just have this this mindset that if you're going to do psych, you gotta you got to give it 100% and you got to go all in. And I'm kind of an all or nothing guy. And so when I, when I got into powerlifting, it was a byproduct. I was a you know, former basketball player. I was a point guard, weighed 170 pounds, <laughs> so played, for, played, played for England. Um, and got cut from the England squad, and that devastated. You're on the national team. I was on the national team, and no actually, Louis Deng, who plays, well, he played for Chicago Bulls. I know he's been transferred now. I think I'm not quite sure where he's at now, but he was on the team at the same time. But I Shut got up. cut because wow. I was too small, uh, and they said like, we can't teach you to grow. You got all the talent in the world, but we can't teach you to grow. We got other players just as good as you. So my attitude was, well, I'm going to come to America. 
and I'm going to do this myself, you know, because the goal was always to be a professional basketball player. And then uh, through a series of unfortunate events, I was un unable to play uh, my senior year in high school over here because of they have international rules and all this stuff. And I was deemed ineligible. And that's when I got into the powerlifting to do something competitively. And the, after the first competition, I was hooked and just began that began the strength journey. And I was lucky and fortunate enough to train to find a world record holder that lived an hour away from me. I went off to college. I was in University of Idaho. World record holder lived an hour and a half away. We'd drive up. I'd drive up twice a week to train with him. And he asked me, the minute I walked in, what do you want to do? And I said, I want to break the world record. I want to be the strongest man to ever live. And uh, he said, well, you know, this is what you got to do. You can't miss training and no drugs, no alcohol, you know, live a simple life. And so he laid the foundation and I was just, that was it. And I just stuck to that. And 10 years later, um, here, here, I, here I was, the world record holder, and it was just this unbreakable belief in myself, and that's what I've always been able to have uh, my whole life, no matter what I've done. When I set my mind to something, I truly believe that I can achieve it, mm. and it don't, don't matter what anyone says, and that was the stubbornness that brought me to America, and what I've, what I've found is sometimes what we think is the journey um, you know, and what we, th where we think the destination is going to be, it may change along the, 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 mm. the way, and you have to be okay with that. But as long as you're committed 100% to whatever it is at the time you're doing it, it seems to all work out. And that, that was really like when I decided to be the strongest in the world, it was because I was competing in powerlifting. What else is there to do but to be the best? Yeah. I wasn't going to just do it just to, fun. to lift some heavy weights. You yeah. know? And uh, I actually I went from 170 my freshman year of college. Uh, you know, most people get the, what they call the freshman 15. I actually gained the freshman 60. Jeez. So uh, I was eating nine times a day at the all-you-could-eat cafeteria. Huh. And, um, and um, you know, I was just pushing the boundaries. And, and, uh, and I was lucky enough to work in the strength and conditioning coach at the University of Idaho. And so I learned a lot from, from those guys. Training with Brent, I learned a lot. And then, you know, that kind of led me to move into Ohio to train on the west side with Louis Simmons. And someone brought this up to me recently about my pattern. I also, when I want to achieve something, I seek out the very best and I go and learn from them. Mm -hmm. And so obviously, you know, when I, when I wanted to play basketball, America is seen as the best place to be. So I figured out a way to get over here. When I wanted to be the best powerlifter, I was training with a world record holder once he had retired. The best place in the world is Westside Barbell in Columbus, Ohio. I just up to move to Columbus, Ohio. And so I think that's something that, you know, uh, I've been fortunate enough to have the mentors along the way to guide me. But I've also, you know, done whatever it took to get to get with those guys and sure. to learn from them and, and do that stuff. And I think that those two things, that unbreakable belief and then the willingness to go and do whatever it takes, those things have served me well. And, and as you've seen, business, you know, family life, relationships, things like that, all of that stuff has improved because of just this you know, that, that, that attitude I have. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, we have a very similar mindset obviously, and I've, whatever I set my mind to, I have followed a similar pattern. I go to where the best are. Uh, I learn from the best and I do whatever it takes, whatever they tell me to do, I do it. And I do it, you know, twice as good as anyone else, or I attempt it twice as good as anyone else. And for me, that's really the only way to achieve greatness is to go to learn from the best and then to do whatever it takes and put the sacrifice, the time and the energy into believing you can make it happen and then doing the work. And you said it took 10 years for you to achieve your dream. It's not like it happened in a year. 
and it was every day. I mean, you're in Columbus, Ohio, going through hard winters. Yeah. I know because I, I, I lived there. I grew up there. <laughs> and uh, it's, it's not like you're living in Southern California like you're doing it now. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's, there's no really like secret formula. It's a simple formula that takes a lot of hard work. <laughs> and uh, you did it brilliantly, man. So congratulations on that. Now, did you say that you moved? When did you move to the U.S.? Was it uh, to play basketball? 16. You were 16. 16. Yeah. When I came over for high school, I did an international exchange, which then um, obviously because of that senior year, they didn't let me play sports because of they had a rule that you could sure. only play one year as an international student. And so my senior year, I couldn't play sanctioned high school sports. So I actually began powerlifting, and I did. I bowled as well. I was. We we created a high school bowling team, and of course, we went to state in that. The first year we ever have a team, we managed to get to state, and um, because you know we bowled every day because we sure. were going to do it. We were going to go all out. So that's what I was doing, and then went to University of Idaho for college, and uh, that's when I really 100% focused on powerlifting. But I actually originally went there. I thought I would try to walk on the football team. Because wow. uh, I had some friends going there, but I couldn't get through NCAA Clearinghouse because I had some international issues. And so, but kind of, like I said, you know, certain things lead you on paths that you necessarily uh, didn't intend to go on. Um, but uh, these are the way that the, the life seems to shake out. You seem to always get where you're supposed to go. It might not just be the way you expected to get there. Sure, sure. No, I definitely believe in that. I mean, my dream was to be a, you know, play in the NFL. And I was on a, playing many years trying to get there and then all of a sudden I got injured and realized that that wasn't the destination for me but the, the things that I learned along the journey supported me where I'm at now uh, and it sounds like the things along your journey of powerlifting and the dedication the commitment it took the focus how to you know live and and build a business around your passion at the same time and be successful in all areas of your life you learned a lot and even though you're not powerlifting anymore you're applying what you learned in other stuff still your business is extremely successful are you still doing crossfit as well i know you're you've been an instructor for powerlifting with crossfit but are you doing it regularly uh, so i sprinkle in about two or three workout crossfit workouts a week i'm doing some powerlifting stuff and, and the bodybuilding so i'm kind of doing a hybrid program right now um just because i'm trying to find some balance but also because i miss each sport whenever i'm not doing it yeah. um and so i'm doing that to satisfy my taste buds and really keep me happy. Um, but my main focus in terms of, of, of on that is I'm really focused on helping others right now and coaching. And uh, I'm finding that I get a lot of satisfaction out of helping other athletes. Um, and, uh, you know, just, just trying to let go a little bit of that competitiveness side as an athlete. Um, because, you know, with all the, all the years of heavy lifting and, and, uh, and, uh, lack of, you know, obviously when I was 320 pounds, but not necessarily my mobility and flexibility wasn't the greatest, um, you know, I'm, I'm an aging athlete and <laughs> I have to start to really understand my limitations, uh, cause my mind sometimes thinks one thing and the body, you know, is not I quite, feel you, man. How, how old are you now? Well, I'm 29, but obviously with the, with the, with all those years of heavy lifting, I think I'm probably walking around with like a 40 year old in terms of the way the body is structured, <laughs> I'm but bad. I'm slowly, slowly getting those years back. You know, incorporating a lot of the you know you know the the, the nutrition stuff, and then all of the training I'm doing um, to kind of you know, get my my body back, being super healthy in the joints and all that great stuff. So uh, I'm seeing that transformation on top of everything that I've been through. 
One of my favorite parts about my job is that I get the opportunity to travel a lot. And in fact, I'm recording this right now while I'm in Mexico. And actually, I was thinking about something that I wanted to share because I get a lot of questions from so many people about different side hustle ideas. So here's one for those of you out there that are on the go a lot like I am or traveling a lot. When you're staying in your Airbnb on your trips, have you ever thought about how you could be making extra money by hosting through Airbnb while your home is vacant? If you're interested in an extra stream of income, Airbnb hosting is an easy place to start and it's like giving your home some company while you're away. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. So listen, we all know life is full of yada yada, like those quote unquote free trials that somehow still charge your card for something or when companies have those sneaky gotchas hiding deep in the fine print. And I know you've dealt with yada yada before, like those bills that keep going up and up for no reason at all. Or when budget airlines promise a cheap fare, but then charge you for every little thing until you realize you're paying more than you would have somewhere else. And yes, it is possible to outsmart yada yada, like triple checking airline deals to make sure all you need is already included, but you don't take yada yada in life. So don't take yada yada from your wireless provider. Metro by T-Mobile has no contracts, no credit checks, no surprises, and nada yada yada. Stop by one of over 6,000 Metro stores nationwide. When you get a new car or a new home, your first reaction might be to say things like, oh yeah, or I can't believe it, or booyah. But what you really want to say is the one thing that can get you the help you need. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm is there with the coverage you need for your car, your home, and even boats, motorcycles, RVs, and other things that matter to you. With a State Farm agent, you know someone is there to help you choose the coverage you need. With so many coverage options, it feels good knowing you can find what fits for you. And when you need ways to get help, State Farm gives you options there too. Too. in person or on the phone with your local agent or on statefarm.com where their award-winning app State Farm lets you do things your way. So when you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember to say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Yeah, it sounds like, you know, you've got some age back and this is something I've been learning how to do is really how to stay young with my, with my body through, you know, when I was 18, I could just show up to practice and, you know, barely warm up and just be, you know, full, full speed ahead no stretching, no warming up, no nothing. And now it's like, if I don't warm up for 20 minutes and prepare myself for practice or a game, I'm going to injure myself. And that's why I do a, a lot of therapy twice a week. I'll do a lot of prehab, just stretching with the therapist, uh, mobility work, whatever I need strengthening on at the, those days and preparing myself so that when I am at practice, I'm already stretched, I'm already loose, I'm already ready to go. And it uh, sounds like you've been doing some of those things as well to really hone in on staying young and healthy so you can perform. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I've seen that transition, that performance enhancement has really carried over into you know, my focus, my energy, yeah. business. And, and this is where I'm starting to under, you start to understand that all of these principles, and this is why you know, I always love talking with you because you're very similar to me in terms of sports and business and that kind of stuff. But you start to see your world start to merge into one and it all starts yeah. to come together. And you realize that the disciplines that you learn in one area of your life can easily be transferred to another. And uh, when, I, you know, when I got into losing weight, you know, one thing I'd learned through business was time blocking and really being focused for a, a period of time mm. uh, and then and just making sure the schedule is correct. 
making sure things are you know in the schedule. So if, if you, you're supposed to be focused for 90 minutes, it's in the schedule. You know, you're not just winging your days. Right. And then so when I got to the nutrition side of things, something I'd never paid attention to, I've been able to eat whatever I wanted for years. Now I had a structured nutrition. I had the, everything is timed. Everything needs to be measured and weighed and all this stuff. It was just taking that discipline of time blocking and making sure I did the same thing with the meals. And so I knew exactly what time every day I'd eat. Every week I knew when I was preparing my meals. You know, it was all structured in there. And that was a discipline I learned from business that I brought back into the athletic versus some of the athletic stuff I've took into the business world. So, so you right. see how it simply blends. And I think that that's the, the biggest thing probably a lot of people – and I, and this is where I'm going with like the idea of greatness is not just in one area anymore. It's about all areas of your life and just having greatness in everything you do. Mm. And I, I'm guessing most of the listeners probably feel the same way. And that's like one thing, you know, you see so many people excel in, in sports or excel in business uh, or, or be great husbands, but, but they're missing the other side of yeah. stuff. And I just think if they start to really process what they do to be great at whatever it is they're great at, those lessons can easily be transferred across. And that's when the real magic starts mm, to happen. That's true. Yeah. One of the things that you just mentioned that I really haven't thought about too much until you just mentioned it, but I, I kind of, it's ingrained in me is the time blocking. And I didn't really think about how valuable that, I, that actually is until you mentioned that. And the, the correlation with sports and, and business and just life in general, when I, I really understood time blocking when I went to boarding school in, in middle and in, uh, eighth grade, I went to a private boarding school. It was co-ed so that I had females to hang out with, but it was uh, definitely, uh, you know, a semi-stressful and very uh, strict environment. And we had a schedule every day, you know, 6 a.m. Wake up, clean, clean your room, make your bed. There was like study hall every night for two hours. You go to school, you go to practice, you've got dinner, you've got study hall, then you go to bed. It was very structured and practices through high school were all the same way. I remember every day in football practice, we would have an itinerary up on the, in the locker room on the wall, basically every 20 minutes, what we were doing. It's like put on your pads, going out to walk into the field for five minutes. Then it was uh, 20 minutes of stretching. It was 20 minutes of offense, 20 minutes of defense, special teams. There was always a set block of time for each exercise. It wasn't just like the coach showed up at 3.30 and was like, okay, we're going to practice today and let's figure it out as we go. There was always a structure and time blocking for each thing. And I think that's really valuable information to to use and to utilize in every area of your life to really time block. And some people may think, well, that seems a little too much too much to handle or that seems stressful. I don't want to do that. I want to enjoy life. I don't want to time block things. But really, you're setting yourself up to get things done quicker as opposed to just allowing yourself to have all the time in the world. And you're able to be more productive when you do that. So I really like that you mentioned that. And uh, I think everyone needs to take into account setting some type of an itinerary for yourself, a schedule, an itinerary, whatever it may be in all areas of your life, because it's extremely valuable. Yeah, I think it's funny because we think of structure and our first thought is, well, that's not freedom. You know, and everyone wants freedom. They want the freedom of choice. But the structure is what gives you the freedom. Because I find like when, when I try to fly by the seat of my pants and just, you know, I'm not sure what I'm going to do today. Next to nothing gets done because right. you, you pick the wrong things to focus on. You, know, you don't uh, allocate the time. You get interrupted, which is the, the, the big killer is that the interruptions. Um, and so when you, have, you know, when you have your day down to a science, you can time block in free time to go do whatever you want. And if, if, you know, if, you, if you're lucky 
and you live in a place like, like here in Southern California, you may go surfing every morning. That's freedom, to be able to get up and go surfing every morning. But you know you can do that because you know what the rest of the day looks like. You know you're going to get done what you need to get done. And you know there's lots of stuff, time management programs out there and things like that that people can get into. But it, the structure is not there in order to, you know, it, it's not like you're, you know, pr- imprisoned by the structure. The structure is there to give you the freedom because you yes. know what needs to get done, what needs to get done. And quite frankly, you know, I, in my experience, you know, I used to train at Westside. We used to train at 8 a.m. in the morning. And I never missed a workout. And now I try to train in the afternoons. And sometimes I have to convince myself to go train because I've had a long day. I'm tired. Mm-hmm. When I did it in the mornings, it was never an issue. I got it out of the way. And so, you know, I've started mixing that up. But, it, you know, the, the structure is I know what time I'm going to train. But now I, now I see why people don't always get into the gym. Because, you know, if you've had a stressful day, sometimes the last thing you want to do is go put your body under yeah. more stress in the gym. Some people find the gym very relaxing, so they look forward to that. But everyone's slightly different. And so it's the same thing. Like if you know, like if you have to write every day and you don't sit down and at a certain time, have a ritual you go through, a way to write, it might not get done. And right. then it drags on and it drags on. And I think that that's what I'm seeing more and more of with the successful people. Um, and, and, you know, you're connected as well. You, get, you start talking to these people and you realize that their life is very organized. They may be busy mm. as heck. But it's very organized, and they know they know what they're doing, when they're doing it, and it, everything seems to come together. And, and that really seems to be, I guess, the secret in terms of time management for them is it's really just it's about preparation. Mm-hmm. And if you're prepared, then then everything goes to plan. You know, it's it would be like showing up uh, to a basketball game. Uh, to play with people you've never met before, yeah. you know, you might all be great basketball players, but how good are you going to be on the court? Probably sure. not as good as the team that practice that may not be as talented and, and, uh, argument could be set in the latest NBA finals. So <laughs> right. exactly. Yeah. Very powerful. Yeah. Structure is freedom. So it's extremely powerful. I want you to take me back. Let's go back to the time you broke the world record. I want you to take me back to that day. What was that day like leading up before you were right about to put your shoulders on the bar, underneath the bar uh, or on your chest? What was that day like? What were you visualizing? What were you thinking about? What were you not thinking about? How were you feeling? What was coming up for you? And what were those moments like leading up to those final lifts where you, where you knew this was the moment where I was either going to break the record or not. Yeah. Uh, it all started six months before um, that meet because I had been competing for you know, a long time. And I had believed in my head, you know, I felt strong enough to be able to contend for the world record. But for several meets, I had fallen short of what I thought I could do. And I was beginning to get very frustrated. And so I actually sought out the help of a, a fitness professional called Mike Robinson. I went to his gym in Indiana called iFast, and they did a complete you, you know, assessment on me. And what we found was that I had, was, I had um, some activation issues in, in, in the muscles, and so uh, there was some misfiring going on. And so we began six months before putting me through a rigorous program to make sure that everything was firing, I guess, on all cylinders, you could say. And at the same time, I really started to look at my diet as well 
um, because up until that point, I really hadn't been concerned of what I ate. I, I basically, like I said, see it, eat it, diet. And I thought maybe if I was more precise with my nutrition, um, I would uh, essentially uh, function at a better level. And so we began tweaking my nutrition then. Um, and I didn't get rid of uh, the bad calories, so to speak. What I tried to do was replace as much as I could with good calories, but I still had to get a lot of calories in, so the bad foods remained. So it wasn't like I cleaned my diet up, but I started to add in a lot more good food. The combination of those two things gave me the training that I needed in order to have, you know, going into the competition to really be on point to hit the numbers I needed to hit to break that that meat. And so, um, you know, as the competition got closer, my confidence grew. Um, and uh, I'm a very big, you know, uh, sports psychology guy. Sure. I, I went through a lot of stuff with that. But uh, so, like, um, as that confidence, that self confidence grows, self talk, stuff like that. I knew going in that competition, I had a very good chance of breaking that record. And so um, there was a lot of visualization that would go through. And, you know, I, the day before, the competition was a two-day event. Saturday was the lighter lifters. Sunday was the heavy lifters. Saturday, I spent the majority of the day in my hotel room just visualizing, you know, the perfect day, just running it over, over, over in my head. Um, I would, I, and I'd have moments where I'd visualize, I'd be trying to visualize success and I would see myself failing. And so then I would correct myself in my head and, you know, fix the issue, what happened, what didn't happen. And so that morning going down to the meet, my confidence was all time high. Um, I really believed that, that I could have, if I, if I could get through the squats, I knew if I could get through the squats, um, that I had was on point for the rest of the day. Mm. And it's very rare in powerlifting. So you do nine lifts, you have three attempts at each lift. It's very rare. You go nine for nine. It's like a perfect day. And that's what I had that day. And so wow. as the squats came up, that first, everything in the warm-up room felt super light, you know. Um, it, it, as we 800, started, 800 pounds felt light. Yeah, we started with a plate, <laughs> two plates, three plates, four plates, just kept adding. Everything's jumping off my back. People are in the warm-up room, you know, watching um, just in amazement of how explosive everything looked. Uh, that opener came. I took that first attempt on the squat. Felt like it was an empty bar for me. Um, confidence <laughs> grew. Second attempt. Um, I, I, you know, absolutely destroyed the weight. Then went for the new record, personal record. Never had lifted it before, eleven forty. And on that day, I probably could have squatted twelve hundred right there. Wow. And then that, that eleven forty just most weight I've ever lifted, but it was perfect. Everything was right. You know, my technique, my mindset, everything was right. The weight flew up. Bench press and rolled around. Um, warming up. Everything connected. Everything felt good. And, uh, you know, just went out there every single lift was, it felt like it was effortless. And, you know, this is weights that you know, I've seen crush people. It's weights that I've battled with for years, you know, trying to get And Now all of a sudden it just felt as if everything had come Jeez. together. And so going into the deadlift now, the pressure began to build because of course I'm on track to do something that no man's ever done. And I actually, uh, so I, I broke the record on my second deadlift attempt um, I did my first, I went for the record on the second, I broke the record, but Dave Hoff, who's the guy I mentioned earlier, who now is the strongest man ever, um, to live. He also broke the world record in the weight class below me, but tied my number at that point. Jeez. And so I had one lift left and, and, and Louis said, you know, to, to put 815 on the bar and, uh, you know, 800 was my biggest deadlift at the time. So this is a PR. It's the end of the day. I hadn't done three, I hadn't gone 
three, hadn't done three deadlifts and got no three uh, for as long as I could remember. Uh, but the energy was there. Everyone was fired <laughs> up. And, and you know, you know when you're, you get so ecstatic that it's almost like your skin is floating and there's like a vibration underneath the skin. Mm. Uh, and you just have that energy. And I just, everything was right. And I just grabbed that bar and I stood up with it. And I remember setting it down and just let, letting out the biggest yell. You know, I was so <laughs> happy. And I actually, I, you know, Louis came over, I gave Louis a big shove and like out of excitement and he, you know, he fell back. And, um, but it was, it was the most ecstatic I had ever been. And, uh, you know, I, I believe I was happy for, for the rest of the evening. Um, you know, I was on cloud nine and, and then obviously the next morning it was Depressed. the mindset of, okay, now what, you know, what's <laughs> Dude, no. and it was that, that, that moment, oh, in time, man. that moment in time, I realized that it not, it had not been about getting to where I got to, it had been about the journey. And that's when things began. Cause I realized no matter where you get in life, once the clouds clear, you're going to see a higher mountain right? Mm. There's always going to be something else to conquer. There was always going to be. And so that's when I realized that it was really about that journey. And so when I set the new goals, the, the, they weren't based on a world record. They were based on what I wanted to do. Um, but the, the moment that I broke that record, it really was 10 years coming together. And, and finally just, you know, it, it was a sense of, I guess, peace, um, that I'd finally put together what I knew I could put together. I, I'd proven to myself that I wasn't crazy um, because a lot of people doubt you. A lot of people think you're crazy. And it was just more proof that you really can achieve anything you want to achieve when you put your mind to it, you believe in yourself, and you go to the, to the ends of the earth in order to achieve it. And I think that you know the, the biggest thing I, I realized is that you know if you really want what you want, then then you can get it. If you don't, that's okay. You just have to be okay with that. Right. And, um, you know, but that was the moment and that's the really solidified, solidified that belief that you can get, do, have whatever you want in life. Um, it just, you know, takes time. That took me 10 years. The weight loss journey took two, you know, and I had some fluctuations up and down in there and, and times where it was difficult. But um, it, it's one of those things where I think once you start to have that belief, you know, and, and that the first world record um, that day when I broke that, that's what really instilled that belief that I could do anything. Everything since then has happened exponentially quicker mm. than I could have ever imagined because now I don't doubt it. You know, sure. I just commit a hundred percent. It's easy to give everything you got, knowing that you're going to end up where you need to get up. And so, even though you still have ups and downs and failures. They don't affect you as much because you know the end goal, right? You play the long game exactly. and it's all going to come together. And I think that that makes a huge difference because that roller coaster, you know, it, the highs and the lows, you enjoy to enjoy both um, and you don't emotionally react to it. But uh, yeah, the day, that day when that all came together, it was at that point in time, you know, it was probably the best experience I personally had um, ever in any sporting event and it was, it's kind of one of those things where, you know, it's so personal, you can't ever share it. But the yeah. people that were there definitely were in that moment and they could feel that. And, and like I said, that, those six months leading up to that. But for the next year, that's really where the magic happened because I trained. I literally felt like I was in the state of flow. I knew exactly what to do. Everything came to plan, you know, and I finished a career March 2012 with that 1205 squat. 
And that was, you know, that was the most enjoyable year of training I've ever had. Um, and it was, it was effortless. It was enjoyable. Uh, and everything came together the, in the following year for that final squat. And then when I, when I took that 1205 and I got that lift, at that moment in time, I knew I was done. And I had the, 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 the greatest sense of gratitude. And um, I was so happy that everything, and I looked at my journey, and I still had to finish the competition, and I almost didn't. Um, went on to the bench press, and I had some issues there, and, and only I missed my first two lifts. And Jeez. managed to get the third one to complete. Jeez. And then the, the thing is, if I had not done that, I would have had to do another competition because Jeez. my lift wouldn't have counted. But, wow. but everything came together. You know, I finished that day and, and retired um, as a competitive powerlifter to get my, obviously, mainly to get my health back in order. Um, and, uh, but I retired where I was happy, where I was on top. And the reason I, I wanted to do that is I'd seen so many people uh, achieve greatness and then, um, you know, not step away and just continue to get injured and start to go backwards and just mm. this constant scramble to try to get back to where they were. And I don't, I didn't want to be that way. Um, and, and I was so happy with where I was at. I didn't want to ruin the moment, sure, you know? Sure. And so, you know, it was, for me, it was the perfect ending and the perfect beginning of this new chapter of my life. And what's the new, what's the new vision, the new dream or goal that you have in this new journey? Yeah. So really like, I, you know, I, I live a purpose driven life, which is fantastic. Um, and my, my, my new vision is really to help as, as many people as I can um, a, achieve the ultimate you, you know. Um, and I do that. My vehicle, obviously, through that is health and fitness. And so I'm very lucky to work with CrossFit um, and uh, travel the world teaching the uh, powerlifting seminar, which really should be called the strength, strength seminars. That is what we teach is people how to get strong. I coach out of a CrossFit gym here and then uh, have online community and things like that. So you know, my vehicle is the fitness because I feel like, you know, most people pick an area they want to focus on, whether it's money, whether it's fitness, whether it's family, whether it's faith. Um, and, uh, that is a vehicle for the other areas in their life. And that's, you know, they, 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 their fitness, they get that in check and then that leads to improvements in all other areas of life. And so I feel very blessed to be involved in that and, and to do that. And then of course I have a partnership with Andy Jenkins and Mike Forsame in, in marketing Genesis and, and that, uh, where they're the, you know, they're the experts and, and, um, I help with the marketing there Sure. and, uh, we transform lives, uh, financially. And so I'm very blessed to have those two avenues and to be working with, you know, hundreds of thousands of people really. And my re my goal and my reach is, is, is unlimited. And, and that's really where it goes. And I, I look at building a, a legacy, you know, similar, I guess, to say Arnold Schwarzenegger or someone like that mm. who, um, who, you know, continues to this day, you know, now he's, back in charge of uh, flex magazine and he's heavily involved again in the in the industry of fitness and mm -hmm. so those are the guys i look up to and, and kind of the, the the vision for the life is to just to lead people to being the better versions of themselves and really stepping up and um you know it's easy to say oh it's easy to do you just do it um but a lot of people struggle with that and so i'm very blessed to to be able to help those people and to to help them transform their lives and start to move in the direction that they you know, they know they have that gut feeling that they're they're born to do something, um, and it's just not happening. And I'm very lucky to be able to to create, I guess, that ignition and that spark that gets them on that mm, journey. Mm, I love it, man. Well, I could talk about this uh, this journey with you all day long, but I want to <laughs> wrap it up and uh, bring you to our final question here in just a second. But where can people? What is the best place for people to connect with you online? Yeah, so ajroberts.com is the the website, and then uh, Facebook is the best place. Um, facebook.com slash AJ Roberts 
Uh, and on Instagram too, uh, just uh, it's just AJ Roberts, and uh, those are the two places I hang out the most at. So um, you can follow the journey, and if you want to reach out, reach out. Very cool, very cool. Yeah, I definitely recommend following AJ over on Instagram. Some really cool photos and videos of him doing his workouts and stuff. So make sure to check that out as well over at ajroberts.com. We'll have it all linked up at the show notes over at lewishouse.com. I'll give you the link here in just a second. Uh, but with that, let's go to the final question, my man, which is what I ask all of my guests. And that is, what is your definition of greatness? My definition of greatness. To me, greatness is living every day as if it's your last and putting 100% effort into whatever it is you do. Because if, if you don't, what else is there to do? I love it, man. AJ, it's been a pleasure, brother. I can't wait to see you soon and hang since we're like a couple hours from each other now. And uh, I'm always going to be keeping tabs on what you're up to. So I appreciate you for all you do. And thanks for coming on, man. Thank you, and we'll see you soon. There you have it, guys. I hope you enjoyed this episode with AJ. Very inspiring what he's been able to create with his body and his mindset throughout all the years, both translating from sports into business and relationships and everything else. Extremely powerful stuff. We're going to have all the show notes back over at lewishouse.com slash 83 lewishouse.com slash 83 so make sure to check that out and i appreciate you guys so much for uh subscribing on itunes on soundcloud and stitcher for sharing this on on facebook and twitter and social media and uh, if you haven't left a review yet over on itunes please do that helps the rankings and helps spread the word about the podcast i'm super pumped about all the guests we have coming up in the near future. So make sure to subscribe because you're not going to want to miss out on who we've got coming on. And I'm so grateful that you're on here and taking the time to listen. It means a lot to me. So you guys know what time it is. It's time to go out there and do something great. If you have the an opportunity, not a perfect opportunity, and you don't take it, you may never have another chance. 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 Chance.